0: Music
1: So it's been a bit of a wait, I'm afraid, but welcome back to the Thought Police and it's got a bit of a wrinkle to it this week because Matt <laughs> Kelly uh, has absented himself for entirely uh, reasonable reasons and I'm afraid he's going to be substituted by somebody who might be even better than him, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, my old pal. Kevin, very uh, good uh, afternoon and
2: welcome. Hello, Mike. Yes, i uh, very honoured to step into uh, my fellow, fellow, my fellow yeah. Irish Well, you know fans. how these things
1: work. You might not ever get the seat back. You know, <laughs> uh,
2: I'm sorry that we haven't been able to record it for a couple of weeks, but it's been
1: tricky Not least because of this bleeding lockdown and not least because of just the hardness of finding a recording studio in the building that we can use. But we've managed to find one. And and so here we are. And the Thought Police sort of has, I suppose, uh, traditionally been me um, with what Matt Kelly would describe as my usual right wing ranting and him with his kind of bleeding heart liberal, kind of lefty, pro- European, lefty rubbish, pro-European yeah. rubbish. But the great thing about Matt is when you scratch the surface, he actually turns he's this horrible scouser, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, uh,
2: there's a few things I could tell you that he's told me in private, you know, exactly. but, but i better not reveal it. No. Like, I couldn't give a damn about Brexit, something yeah, like that. You know. something like that. But he's still
1: running the New European, which has been, as you said, one of the great failures of, uh, of newspaper publishing, because not only <laughs> did, it, did it fail in its attempt to stop Brexit... But it is still going. So,
2: I mean, in some senses, it, I suppose it's making money. Yeah, look, congratulations to Matt. That is an amazing product. Pop-up newspaper, supposed to last mm. for four weeks, is still going strong after now, what is it, nearly three years. Yeah. It uh, is a success story, but it actually sums up what I think we're going to talk about now, that there are all these remainers. The re- So the best thing that happened to the, the new European mm. was when it finally became clear we were going to Brexit come what yeah. may. Right. Uh, you know, after Boris won the election. So you'd think, well, that's the end of the new Europeans because it's failed. Right. It's failed to persuade the nation that we mustn't leave Europe, but not at all. It's actually the best thing that ever happened to it and the reason is is that these Remainers they just want to gather around in their own echo chamber yeah. and call us all stupid right. because we want to... Which th- is thick. still going on. You're, you're thick because you want to leave Europe. You're thick because you go to the pub. You're thick because you, you go to a restaurant. Yeah. You know, you're thick because you go to Bournemouth Beach. Don't, don't care about right, anything. Yeah wrong with you? Why are you not worried? It's like,
1: why do they want to be so worried about it? Well, they're
2: the thickos. Right. They're the thickos cowering behind their front doors, going, oh, if I step outside, I'll die. Yeah. Yeah, I I keep saying this. Last Monday, uh, 11 people died Mm. from coronavirus or COVID-19 in this country. 67 million people here. And for that, they want the entire nation locked down. Don't be ridiculous. So what you're
1: saying is um, 66,999,000 989 people
2: didn't die. Didn't die, yeah. <laughs> and on the basis of that, we put the country into economic I mean, paralysis. Why you, is the government helping in this ludicrous process? Well, what I don't get, right, is, is,
1: is how they've said, on the one hand, it was only, what, two weeks ago, Boris was going, right, let's all get back to work. We're going to have a big push on Monday. Trains will return to 75% mm. of their normal service, yeah. as opposed to 5%, which is what they have yeah. been running at. Um, you know, we want everyone back to work. Uh, let's go. And then nobody went. And then suddenly they went, ah. And they (laughs) seem to be, whenever something happens that they don't expect, they immediately seem to change tack. Instead of going
2: look, we told you to fucking get back to work. Do you mind? Would you please get back to work? Yeah, and the, uh, of course this is a, what we're talking about. We're talking about a frightened nation mm. and a terrified government. Yeah. This government is well aware that it's entirely possible the lockdown didn't have any effect. I'm not saying that it didn't. Yeah. It might have had an effect, but we don't know yet. In Norway, mm. they investigated the data, went back to the people, and by the way, they had a much stricter lo- lockdown than we did. Mm. They went back to the people and said, sorry, it didn't actually have any effect. Right. So this government is terrified that everything it continues to do with its latest mm. face mask diktat, uh, you know, lockdown, don't go out, stay alert, don't leave your home. They're terrified they might have been wrong. Yeah. And that's why I think we're being told to wear face masks, because it reminds us that we're still in a mm. crisis. I'm I mean, not do you sure- think
1: that they're worried that if they admitted that they made a mistake, that there might be some financial penury that would come their way, that some company might say, hang on a minute, you've ruined my business, I'm
2: now going to sue the government. I think there's that, but I think on the wider scale, uh, if, if the nation comes to learn that we spent three weeks, three months, uh, uh, sort of basically under house arrest, uh, lo- lo- loads of us lost our jobs, uh, lost our forms of income, lost our money, uh, and, the go- and they realise that that was all a waste of time, the government is finished, the mm. Tories are finished. They, mm. That's what they're terrified of. You know, I want to stress, I'm not saying that this is a fact... It's just possible. Mm. And what I think is strange, that is the way that the remainder hordes, if you like, because I think it does break down that way, are shouting, no, 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 the lockdown was, uh, was perfect. It was the thing to do. It was absolutely right. Well... You know, they may be right, but no one knows if no. they're right. And no one knows if they're wrong. So that's where we're at. at but I mean, what,
1: my, what I always say about it is that at the time when they had to make that decision, I think it was the right decision to make because I don't think they could have not made that decision. I agree with you. I totally because agree. everybody else was doing it. Had and to be they seen were, to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, not just that, but we were looking on TV and I remember seeing... Like, it was like scenes from Invasion of the Body Snatchers from Italy, with these lorries, you know, one after another, driving yeah. through the night, yeah. past these hospitals, stopping, picking up all these body bags, chucking yeah. them in the back, literally hundreds yeah, of them. Yeah. And, and I think they feared... That kind of
2: scenario, because if they had allowed that to happen, people wouldn't have forgiven them either. Absolutely. And what we're seeing now is those kind of images. The most recent were those mass graves Mm. in haunting images of those mass graves in Brazil. They're being beamed at the British nation to say, this is why you've got to be terrified. There are people dying in South America. Well, that's all very sad, but they're not. Really Well, same with India. I mean, you wouldn't be that surprised
1: that in India, where people live literally on top of one another, that it's actually quite bad. Well,
2: really? Yeah. And Boris Johnson said uh, at the point when he was trying to get Britain back in business, back to uh, business as usual, he said, I've learned that it's very easy to uh, shut people down, shut people Mm. up, but to try and get them back up and running again is very, very difficult. That's what the government's panicking about now yeah. it can't seem to get this country back to work no. it can't seem to get Well this,
1: this is this is what I suppose the second part of the argument is that I'm surprised at how many people have taken to this kind of lifestyle where basically they don't want to go back to work because they're quite happy working from home. Now, it's a very specific class of people, this. It's very middle class. It's people who can work on a laptop. It's not your bus drivers Mm. or your builders or your plumbers or people who work with their hands. It's the kind of middle class civil servant types you know, bankers. People like us, to be honest People like me. us, yeah. You know, people who work in advertising,
2: people who work in the media, yeah. people who work in sort of, you know, tech 10%, companies. By the way, it's 10% of the workforce can uh, realistically yeah. work at home. So this idea, it's the big sea change, no one will ever go to work again. Yeah. All, it's rubbish anyway. 90% of workers have to go to work. They're furloughed, furloughed at the moment. Yeah. And let's face it, they're getting 80% of their salary. They're not having to p- pay their commuting costs. No. Uh, and they're enjoying getting 80% of the yeah. money watching Netflix Well we all know people like that, I mean I,
1: a friend of mine's uh, girlfriend works in a hotel in central London, she's more than happy to sit at home making dresses while she's getting 80% of her money, yeah. she's not having to deal with a lot of tossers who uh, go to yeah. hotels, and expensive hotels yeah. in particular and demand the world you know. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't have to commute, you don't have to do that, I had a guy on the phone today, you probably heard him saying, you know I used to drive an hour and a half into London, an hour and a half out um, you said I'm not doing it anymore, I don't ever want to do it again you
2: can understand that, yeah, because it's uh, it's a nicer way of life, but it's uh, a destructive way of life. Uh, will be to. I this mean, there t- are those of us, of course, who would like to get away from the misses. So
1: one of the reasons that you go to work is to get out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: don't sit there with it all bloody day, do you? Well, there's a, all we've uh, all we've heard recently is the great advantages, you know, to the environment, uh, to mental health of working right. at home. What about the great advantages of working at the office? Yeah, you know, it's not just socialisation. Ca- get away from the misses, or the, or the husband, yeah. it's meet your friends, social, have a beer after work, yeah. go for lunch. The whole social thing, yeah. I've always enjoyed working in offices, yeah. i the best life of my life. But that's why
1: the city at the moment is, is not coming back to life, because none of that's happening. You know, yes, you can go over to Borough Market, uh, where there's quite a few people on, on, on a nice day having a drink outside of the pub, but it's nothing like what it used to be where it was literally rammed with people inside and outside. But I'm told, and you may know this better than me because you may go more often than I do, but West End-wise, there's nothing going on. I know. You know, like Regent Street, Oxford Street,
2: Mm. all that area, Bond Street, nothing. Well, West End at night, I've been down a couple of times, absolutely dead. Mm. You know, those pictures when they first opened the pubs of Soho... Uh, jam-packed. Jam-packed, of course, by the way, with Brexiteer racists. Yes, of Who course. wanted to go for a drink. Which is
1: rather curious considering that most of the people in Soho probably didn't vote to leave the European Union. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Old Compton Street, yeah. trust me, it's, it's not, not really, full of Brexiteer It's not a hotbed of Brexit party members, really, is um, it? Yeah, so, so uh, that was the first night. Right. Uh, uh, ever since then, it's been empty. Mm. Uh, and that's really worrying. It's worrying during the day that London is empty and it's possibly even more worrying that at night it's empty. Yeah. This is restaurants, theatres. And uh, what worries me as well is that the
1: scenes that I've seen so far, in, in, and I think I saw a picture this weekend, it wasn't quite as mobbed as it was the previous one, but tables all over the streets yeah, in it, Soho. I yeah, right? yeah. Now, I don't necessarily object to that, but it worries me that this kind of creeping anti-car pro-cycling, you know, green air lobby is taking over, right? And they'll
2: be all delighted that there's no cars going anywhere near the middle of London. That's what they want. Yeah, well, as uh, you and I have discussed before, the trouble with uh, Mayor Sadiq Khan, Sadiq can't, uh, it,
1: you see, he went to that restaurant we were in the other night. Oh, did he? Yeah. A oh, well, picture, picture of him with James Chiaverini with his arm round him. Right, OK, I right. i have to boycott it now. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> I was looking forward to going back. but I'm not going back now. I uh, had James on my show on Saturday. He was jolly good. Yeah, he, did. he did that um, fabulous start of the squid and the mushrooms. Oh, wow. Uh, so I said, just, just give us the recipe for that. Fantastic. Um, so, that was amazing. But, uh, yeah, that, what a great restaurant. But, um, you know, he Sadiq Khan uh, has formed this massive area in central London where basically cars won't be able to go and you and I have talked this I talked about this before. What about the businesses in yeah. there that need deliveries, and yeah. need to dispatch their goods? Right. They're being put out of business. Yeah. So, you know, he, Khan's big mantra has always been, London is open for business. Well, well why are you ruining yeah, it? Well, not at business. the
1: moment it's not. Yeah. And he's putting the, the, the congestion price up, he's putting the congestion charge up, he's running it through the weekend, he's running it up to 10 o'clock at night. I mean, he's killing an awful lot of business which wouldn't be normally going on here. But all, but also, I think, is this? It's, it's like all these things, it's kind of a terrible storm of things all coming together you know it's the people who don't want to work um in the city it's the people who don't want to commute it's the companies as well apparently though because you've got people like some of the big companies in Canary Wharf where you and I used to work um I'm not sure if it's Goldman Sachs but it's one of those big banking companies and they've got apparently office space for 10,000 people and there's something like a hundred using it at the moment and they have no plans to bring anybody back in until possibly the
2: new year so Canary Wharf I'm told is an absolute dead zone well uh, I've heard that, and uh, we're just looking around where we are in London Bridge, you can see it's exactly the same. and I think uh, in terms of the civil servants who are the most egregious offenders mm. when it comes to Kirk going back to work, uh, Boris Johnson should, should say you work: is for this the... when they're not asking
1: for the Winston Churchill uh, rooms to be renamed, and oh, to see all that at the weekend. Geez. and the other guy who wants, uh, who, who signed off his, uh, his, his, uh, his email, internal email. Uh, to the to the people doing all the national audit of statistics that, uh, you know, they should take more care about Black Lives Matter.
2: Oh, God. I mean... I mean, I mean they should all be ju- back at work. The government should order well, them well, that's back That's what I'm saying. Now, Boris should say, you're civil servants, you work for the government. Yeah. Here is an order from your employer. Yeah. Go back to work. Right. Otherwise, we're going to
1: stop paying you. Yeah, they, they're terrified. They uh, can't do that. I mean, what happened to the Tories? You know, the Party of yeah.
2: Law and Order. The party of, you know... It's um, the terrified party uh, that is scared of its own shadow. And as we keep saying about Boris, you've got... He doesn't have an 80-seat majority anymore because he kicked you the Yeah, in. it's only 79. 79-seat so majority. Still pretty good. 80 is much more round. It's much easier to keep saying. Yeah. He's got a 79-seat majority. Start acting like yeah. it. Don't, and if you issue a diktat or a law or a rule uh, that people don't like, so fucking what? Yeah, right. You know... Margaret Thatcher always said, if you don't like what I do or say, don't vote for yeah. me. Uh, well,
1: I was listening to Dan Hodges talking to you at the weekend. And I thought it was interesting when he said that, you know, Maggie had this kind of crowd of people around her who believed in her vision. And they knew that if she was somehow faltering, they would stand up behind her and go, remember what you wanted to do.
2: Whereas Boris doesn't have that. He doesn't have a vision. No, no. Uh, he, he, him and Dominic Cummings, uh, I'm not the first to say this, what they are, they're inveterate campaigners. Yeah. They're very good at campaigning. Give them an election or a referendum, they'll probably they'll win it, because yeah. they're damn good at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, take, they approach life as if they're in a constant campaign, mm. so any uh, idea they have about government... Uh, They view it through the prism of campaigning. What will people say about this? Who won't like it? Well, don't worry about that. Just say it, do it. And if they don't like it, fuck them. Right. Well, there was a terrible story in the Sunday Times
1: a few weeks ago which you probably saw about how supposedly Downing Street is now being run by the kind of data maniacs who are just taking data yeah, from cam- the public all the time, asking yeah. them what they think, asking for public opinion on this, what if we did that, what if we did that, and then, and then governing on the basis of what they think mm. the public wants them yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the wrong way round, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. You know, it is an idea. Uh, old Rishi Sunak, uh, who, by the way, done a pretty good job generally, I think, his decision to extend the furlough to, Mm. to October. I mean, I, I don't want to be nasty about the people who feel that they need that, and I do understand that. But it was a disastrous decision in, in terms of getting Britain back to work. It just extended the yeah. holiday. Yeah. So he's done uh, basically good things mainly. But the other thing that I think he did wrong was his thousand quid for every employee yeah. you you don't fire, uh, and that stops at January. Right. So imagine, uh, get ready for lots of people losing their jobs in January. Yeah. Uh, what he should have done is a thousand. Uh, that fine companies a thousand pounds for every fucking well, well, you worker didn't take that doesn't back. that doesn't go back yeah, to work.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. But that's it, isn't it? I mean, we now live in a society where you have to be kind of cajoled into doing everything. <laughs> Nobody's doing anything because they're being told to do it. It's a bit like the same place of work scenario. I mean, you know, I was talking um, to Darren just before uh, we started doing this about how you know nobody really goes out to lunch anymore. You know, nobody misbehaves anymore nobody really does a job where they feel completely invincible. I mean, even perhaps Andrew because,
2: Perhaps you could start the lunch fight back in, well, a, in, a, in a little, little, listen, little while. Listen, there's a lot of
1: fight backs going on, I can <laughs> tell you.
2: I started it last week,
1: actually, <laughs> <down the> <laughs> market. <laughs> almost <laughs> but, literally. Yeah, almost literally. <laughs> but, you know, this whole kind of... You know, oh, don't offend that person over there. Be careful what you do. Be, you know, see, the Welsh came out the other day and somebody said it was all my fault. Uh, where you're not allowed to now talk loudly on the bus. You're not allowed to eat in public. You're not allowed. You know, they came up with about eight different rules, things you uh. cannot do while on a bus in Wales. Well, first of all, bad luck if you are on a bus in Wales because it's probably one of the worst yeah. places in the world you could ever be.
2: You've probably been waiting 13 hours probably, for it to yeah. arrive. Yeah. Um,
1: But, you know, we've turned into this
2: terrible society of what can only be described as complete and utter wankers. Yeah. You know? I'm sort of going off on a bit on a tangent, but I listened to your brilliant show this morning and you were discussing something that's got me really, really uh, enraged. Uh, What is he, Chief Superintendent? So oh, yeah, Basu. Neil Basu. Yeah, yeah. Right. What as soon hero. as there's a terrorist attack by <laughs> Muslims, yeah. you, you you know, pound uh, as night follows day, within half an hour, Neil Basu will say, yeah, but the worst threat we've got is it's from far-right far right terrorists. Yeah. So what was the last time there was a far-right terrorist attack? It was that drunken dad who drove up yeah. the pavement in at Tottenham. Finsbury Park yeah, yeah. Uh, Mosque, That's wasn't it? it. Yeah. That was, you know, that was terrible because somebody died. Uh, but, but he was a far-right bloody activist, he? He was just was a he? piss artist. He was a piss artist. He didn't like Muslims. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, you
1: know. Uh, you might, so I mean, at a stretch, you might want to call it a hate crime. But now, but what it wasn't was a far-right terrorist ex- attack.
2: Ex- exactly. But that was the last semblance yeah, of a yeah. far-right attack we've had. Oh we've, yeah, but they're foiling them all the time. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, know, yeah, yeah show them. me, tell <laughs> me, show me the money. And yeah, they say this all the time. You should see the far-right terrorist attacks yeah. that we've foiled over the yeah. last six months. Show okay, us then. Go on. Then. Go yeah. on. Run, no, run, run a spot. Right, us. This is buyers, the story though. that
1: they've now decided that they think it might be a bad idea to call Islamic terrorists... It's ...Islamic terrorists.
2: It's outrageous.
1: You know, Jesus you know, Christ. What's said
2: faith-based terrorist Faith-based
1: terrorists, yeah. Uh,
2: and no, it's, faith
1: it's, claimed, uh, so that they're not uh, even oh. actually linking them to the faith. They're saying they're claiming that they're linked to the faith. What well, a load of bollocks.
2: No, no, why don't we just call it what it was? If it was an attack by Muslim terrorists, it was Muslim terrorists. Yeah. There well, were. as I
1: said to the guy I was talking to... I said, one of the reasons that we say that they're Muslim terrorists Mm -hmm. is that shortly before they kill everyone, they shout, Alu Akbar, which generally (laughs) means that they support Islam
2: and uh, they're probably... Dedicated to killing anyone who's not an Islamic yeah. follower. Call me cynical, but I think that's a hint. <laughs> I think that actually does indicate they may right. have been Muslims.
1: I mean, just craziness. But this is this, again this whole idea that you cancel something and pretend that it doesn't exist,
2: and then it will go away. Yeah, well, it's, it's it, you right? know, I had a guy on my show yesterday. We were doing it, but, but, uh, sort of biography of. George Orwell, because suddenly everyone's talking about Orwellian. It's one of those things. You know, it's it's Orwellian, Orwellian, and what? And everyone's pretending that they've read 1984. uh, I I mean, I I I actually have read it. I have too. I had to do it at school. Yeah, I think I did as well. uh, And what that's about, and it's uh, prescient and scarily accurate about what's going on now, is if you control the language, you control the people. So, uh, in uh, 1984, you have these statements by the by the government. Things like "ignorance is strength," "yes, freedom is slavery," right. uh, "build, the, build, build." The power, <laughs> the, you know, the, the power of the individual is weakness. Yeah, uh, uh, and people come to believe mm. that. So, if you say that wasn't uh, a Muslim terrorist attack. It was a faith-claimed attack. Mm. Suddenly, Muslim ter- terrorism leaves our consciousness, even though it still yeah. exists. And, and and you then stop uh,
1: identifying it as such, and you then stop looking for it. And then you kind of go... Yeah, I remember when we used to have Muslim terrorists. We haven't, we haven't had any for ages. Yeah, with a faith claimed. They're all, they're all like, uh, you know, lone
2: wolf type yeah. terrorists. Yeah, yeah. so next time we get somebody running across London Bridge with a great big knife stabbing people to mm. death, shouting Alu Akbar, mm. we'll go, oh, look, faith claimed terrorist. He's got attack. mental health issues. Yeah, and mental health, yeah. faith claimed. Yeah. Here comes Neil Basu, right? the greatest threat is from the far right. Where is he? That's him over there kneeling down. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable how
1: this has happened, but I think the thing that has happened is that we have seen the kind of uh, establishment of this country becoming terribly left wing and like i was saying uh, about the civil service you know it seems to me that everyone that i now know who works in the civil service is nothing like the people that used to work in the civil service when it was like it was under you know sir humphrey and uh, you know all that all that sort of uh, you know yes prime minister stuff where they were thought to be very um, conservative with a small c very unimaginative Very much... Grey men, literally grey men. Yeah, grey men, very much about stopping anything interesting from happening and just keeping it all very... Instead, now what we've got is these people who want to reconstruct Britain in the image they think it should be,
2: which is not like the way it actually is. And, of course, you know, what we're talking about here is the public sector. Yeah. You know, so... All the people, by the way, who have been on full pay uh, throughout this pandemic. What do you think we're doing when we, uh, throughout the lockdown, when we gathered outside on a Thursday night to applaud the NHS? Yes, I 100% uh, back the idea that we applaud the brave frontline workers. I didn't. No, no, no. no, I actually didn't. Well, but this is, I don't think that's not... Conceptually, what we're being asked to employ to applaud, I'll tell you what we were being asked to applaud the socialist principle of public funded bodies. Yeah, so it's public funding. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm sure we'll fairly soon be asked to uh, applaud the public funded. Uh, BBC. Yeah. Uh, but you won't, you, in the lockdown, we didn't stand outside and by the way, we should have done and applauded those brave Amazon drivers yeah. who kept the country well, going. Well, I was waiting for people to applaud me yeah. coming in to do my radio exactly. show. You know, I'm a key worker. Why no, am I no, you're, no, mate, you're in the pub, private sector. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Amazon is in the private sector. Yes. That's what it's all about. And the reason uh, the, the civil service is such a sort of hotbed of leftism is these are the people who suck from the teeth yeah. of public funding. Yeah organisation. But it never used to be like that
1: though I mean it used to be completely different, the NHS used to be a lot smaller, a lot less expensive a lot better run and actually a lot less um, overrun as well because there were fewer people using it Um, they were were better at what they did Um, and now it's just this ridiculously huge organisation that can't seem to do anything without making
2: terrible mistakes all over well, the place. But, the, the, you know, there was a, a... You know, and this is something you can't say, right? There was a... a, 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 a I, think the, I think it was the World Health Organisation about two years ago did a survey of every single national health service in the world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the NHS, you know, this shining beacon of brilliance that is just the greatest thing we've ever seen, the world has ever seen, it came 23rd. (laughs) You know, so it's it's just not all that good. I mean, the principle's good. I don't mind mind the idea. I think, uh, you know, you've got to applaud that free medical health for all. Yeah, except it isn't free.
1: It, well. But it's not. That's the point. You know, people go, oh, but it's free. It's like, well, it's not free, one, well, because right. they're yeah. taxing you yeah. to pay for it, first of all. Second of all, uh, it's you can't get free NHS dental care. Yeah. You have to pay for it. I can't get free prescriptions. Mm. I have to pay for them. Yeah. You know, yes, of course, if I get in a car crash and they take me to an A&E, mm. that's free. But I've still paid a lot of money in. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. so it's not actually free. If they gave me the choice to take my tax money out, yeah. and maybe put it into a private uh, health plan, I might choose to do that. This is why the Americans were so far up in arms about Obamacare, because and people this, in this country couldn't understand it, but you will, because you mm-hmm. lived there. People were going, so what, you want me to put money into a healthcare system so that I can pay for people who are not paying? And they went, Why? <laughs> Why would I do that? You know, going, look, if that scumbag over there hasn't got a job, why am I paying for him to go to hospital? And Piss the,
2: off. And by the way, mate, you and I have both lived in that country for many years, so we know how it goes. Yeah. There. Just that for the people of Britain, if you're listening to this fabulous podcast, if you collapse in the street in los angeles or new york it's not true you get left there they will come and get you an ambulance will whisk you to hospital and you will be treated that is an absolute lie in america if you have if you can't show your credit cards you won't get any medical help that's nonsense it's true down the line you might get a bill but But if you haven't got any money they don't make
1: you pay it i can tell you that from
2: my own experience my mother uh, who's
1: been in Yale Hospital quite a few times recently yeah. with various... Because she lives, things. like, in Connecticut. She lives yeah, in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. She's also 96 years of age, yeah. and she will occasionally... I mean, she's got... You know, her blood pressure's not great. She's very, she's starting to get quite frail now, but she was... She, 96, she, she, come on. <laughs> I mean, she had a problem... She had a heart murmur the other week, and they, they, they she was obviously out at lunch with my sister, you know, who, <laughs> who, by the way... By the way, didn't miss a beat here, right? Sorry. Actually stayed at the lunch table while they took her out to the ambulance... <laughs> Carried on eating, and she said, "Well, then I thought I might as well eat hers as well. There's no point." saying... <laughs> because <Sorry. laughs> they told her, "Look, if you come to the hospital, you can't come in anyway because it's COVID central. Yeah. So you won't be able. To, so as soon as we take her to
2: the hospital, you're 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 yeah. out of the ambulance. So she just stayed and had lunch." Yeah, and um, you're right. You're, you're right. And they and, and they won't. You won't if you really are in a dire straits. They won't charge you. They will treat you. So this. No, no, did, no. They did charge her. They took her in. She spent the night.
1: Uh, they, well, that's because she's go, got the money. You yeah, know. But no, 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 it's not because she because she uh, they live in separate dwellings, well, and this oh, is okay. one of the reasons why. Because I mean, yeah. if you live in the same house, they could they could charge my sister, because she can afford to pay it, right? But it was something like $15,000, okay. and they send a bill, mm. and all you got to then do is send off to show that you haven't got that right, kind of money. Right, I what you're saying, yeah. And then yeah. basically they let you off, the yeah, state yeah. pays it.
2: Yeah, so this depiction of the American medical health system as the great devil... Yeah, uh, it's not. You know, it's not. It really isn't as bad as people make it out, and it isn't You know, lying on the ground, show me your credit cards. They don't do any no. of that. So, uh, you know, what the to get back to the NHS... You know, uh, I'm not against the principle of it, and it's, it's a nice idea, but uh, it's very strange that through this, through that, that clapping of them and everything. That we've come to deify it. It is our new god. Mm. It's our national god. Every political party in an election campaign has to say, "Oh, the NHS. We love the NHS. Yeah, yeah. Stay at home. Protect the NHS." You know, it's the NHS is is, uh, is our new god, mm. and it's strange and weird to think why, why, why is it? It's it's a it's a nice idea, but it's not a particularly efficient organisation. <laughs>
0: The point
1: about it is that it's not um, only um, deified to an extent where you can't criticise it. But what that means is that you can never improve it because you could never actually say as a politician, well, actually, Public Health England as an organisation is pretty awful. Yeah, that- so let's strip it down. Let's fire everybody that's running it and start again. Well, can't do that. I've got a
2: better idea about Public Health England. Just axe it. Just axe it. What does it do? There's like over 5,000 people right. work for it. I think it's like... But none of them are doctors. About 50, 55 right? of them earn over £100,000 yeah. a Presumably year. Presumably none of them are doctors either. No, no. Well, I mean, there are They're doctors pen in the office. But, but we're talking about middle managers, uh, you know, six-figure salaries, five, more than 5,000 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. What does it do? Right. It tells us, oh, if you drink one glass of wine a week, you'll die of cancer. Right. You know, and then next it, week it tells you something different. Yeah. Well you know it's very very good at these nanny state health mm. warnings that you know it's hot don't leave your house if you do go out drink some water yeah. oh thanks that's really like one of those warnings them. on the
1: tube isn't it yeah please carry some water with you well it's really danger you could actually sell something yeah <laughs> because there doesn't seem to be where bloody will buy any yeah but i mean you know again we've got this kind of culture now of people who want to be told how to live and yeah. i don't know where how we got yeah. to that point i mean yeah. if my dad was still alive. He'd be horrified because yeah. the one thing he hated was people telling him what to do, where to go, where to do it. As mm. soon as he was told that,
2: I, I've taken off him, I'm afraid, mm. he went he immediately went and did the opposite. Yeah. Well, I mean, what does Public Health England do that the NHS doesn't do? What, what what if, do. You, if you have pub- the NHS, why do you need Public Health England? What does it do? It puts out these pathetic warnings right. uh, that nobody over the age of five would pay any attention mm. to. Uh, and then... Along comes a genuine crisis, you know, and when pe- a thousand people a day were dying from uh, coronavirus and yeah. COVID 19, then I do think we had great cause for national alarm. Uh, Wasn't uh, it
1: also responsible for
2: telling the hospitals to kick out all of the old
1: people back into the
2: well care? Well, that's homes? what I mean. So when we needed public health in England, in our hour of need, it proved to be completely useless and, in fact, detrimental. Mm to the situation that we found ourselves in. It it was uh, complicit in the care homes fiasco. Uh, There were stories that uh, its executives were working frantically to make sure that no private company provided any of the hospitals with PPE when we had a terrible shortage, because it's obsessed with the notion Mm. of uh, public funding. Well, it also
1: fell behind Germany in the testing, apparently, because in Germany, all the testing labs are private, privately run, privately owned and much more efficient mm. than the sort of ridiculous
2: network of crap yeah. that we have because under <laughs> Public Health England, yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, So public health in England, cometh the hour, cometh the uh, nanny state quango. Mm. And it was found seriously wanting. So when we needed it, it wasn't just useless. It was worse than useless. It was detrimental to our uh, efforts to tackle this crisis. Uh, And now, frankly, I mean, it's facing um, drastic cutbacks at the very uh, least. But I think get rid of it. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, as currently, I think if you go up and down the country into the Covid wards of this of this land there's nobody in them right there's literally no one in most of the wards that they've set aside for covid you know there's a few people who have been long-term sick who are probably still on ventilators but by and large i mean this is i think it drives me mad when you get these politicians on going oh but we did a pandemic practice in 2016 and we didn't take any notice of what the recommendations were well one of the recommendations was to buy half a million ventilators which would have cost about five billion quid yeah And it turns out we didn't need any ventilators because actually
2: they're no fucking use to anyone. Yeah, it's true. Once they put you on at the height of the coronavirus crisis when lots of people were dying, um, they're not anymore, as we stated earlier. Uh, uh, the statistic came out that if you were put on a uh, ventilator, you had a 60% chance of dying. Yeah, absolutely. So imagine being in bed and they bring you a ventilator. No, and no, going, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 I don't want that. No, no, that's not for me. I
1: don't think so. I mean, it is. I mean, it has been a very weird time and it has been very strange in the sense that, you know, for example, you can't quite explain why some people have got really sick and some people wow. have died who probably shouldn't have. Yeah. But, but they're very much the rarity. They're very much, you know, if you look at the actual numbers of people under the age of 40 who succumbed
2: to the illness and died, who had nothing wrong with them, it's hardly anyone at all. Well, that's the point about coronavirus, COVID-19, is it's vagaries. It's got lots and lots of facets that uh, we certainly don't understand, but nor do the medical experts. It's got, it's a a virus of mystery. So, you know, all this sort of, oh, if we don't do this, we don't lock down, if we don't stay at home, Mm. there'll be a second wave. Well... You know, it, there is a big fear of a second wave uh, because that's what happened with the 1918-19 uh, Spanish flu. Mm. The second wave uh, turned out to be worse than the first right. wave. So in the past, uh, virus epidemics have had a second wave, but there's no. Well, Maybe the second wave the one hitting India well, there's and no... Brazil. But there's you know? no. Well, these are, I think you'll find these are probably technically spikes. Mm. You'll get spikes. But a wave is what we're worried about. But there's no evidence at all that that this virus will have a second wave. So we cannot go, don't go, we can't have our cities right. falling But up. do you
1: not think, though, if there was a second wave that was as bad as, say, the first one, mm. that people like you and I might struggle to do what we were told only because we would say, well, wait a minute, the last time you said there was this terrible, deadly mm. disease yeah. um, and we all sort of hid in our houses for weeks on end, mm. it wasn't that bad. No, yeah. Is and I wonder whether there'd be more people who might just go, do you know what, I'm not buying it. And you look at, uh, to
2: go back to the Spanish flu, uh, now that, I mean, the official figures are that it killed 50 million. Right. They say that it, it's possible that more than 100 million, maybe as many as 150 million people died mm. of Spanish flu, right. which, by the way, started in America, Kansas. And that's over what sort of period, though? Uh, well, it must have been something. a year, right. yeah, something like that, a year, two years. But, but, and there was a second wave, a very deadly second wave. Uh, look at the figures. Internationally, globally, for COVID 19, Mm. coronavirus. I mean, next to that, they're minuscule. It's up to 600,000, I think. I mean, we haven't even got a million. That that, that sounds callous. No. But 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 there's a lot of people in the world. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And I'm amazed that places like, for example, uh, Indonesia, which has got something ridiculous like 900 million people living in it, and they've only had about three
2: cases or something.
1: You yeah. go, well, how could that be right? Well, th- it can't be right. Thailand,
2: Thailand, uh, Thailand, uh, I Korea. think, is getting worse now, isn't it? But, uh, but I mean, they've all done very well. Yeah. Uh, Singapore. Uh, but these are
1: all places where there's a lot of poor people, a lot of people living very close together, yes. lots of people working very close together. Mm. Um, but, you know, I talked to Steve Lillywhite out there, and he lives in Jakarta, which is a massively packed-in city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the restaurants were still open. You know, they've never had a lockdown. And so it's very weird interesting, interesting how yeah. how different places have dealt with it you know yeah
2: and uh so so uh we haven't uh, there's no uh it's definitely not definite. That we'll get a second wave, and we cannot uh, put this country into per- economic paralysis on the vague fear no. that there may be a second wave. And by the way, uh, we were told 100% after they all went to Bournemouth Beach, mm. we'll get a second wave. Right. Well, hasn't uh, oh, they went to Soho. We'll get a second wave. Yeah. Come out of lockdown. We'll get a second wave. Well, right. we have. It hasn't. But happened. even
1: today, I mean, I, because I ripped up the Garnigan today because they <laughs> splashed once again this ridiculous college of something. Oh yeah, or other. second wave fear. Wasn't second it? wave fear. You know, it hasn't gone away it's all terrible, it could be worse than the first wave, and it's like, well, you have no evidence for that, and all this bollocks about following the science, the science has been changing pretty much week to week Mm. ever since March, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, and that's another uh, area where Boris has got to get tough, he's got to turn around to say to Patrick Valance. You can say what you like, but as Margaret Thatcher said, uh, advisers advise, ministers decide. And uh, he should say to Patrick Vallance, it would be helpful if you didn't keep telling everyone they're going to die. But if you want to, fine, but I'm not going to do what you say because you're not in charge. These guys think they are
1: in charge. Oh, no. And also they think they are no end of experts. And the problem is, as Michael Gove said, sometimes the experts get it wrong. And uh, sometimes following experts actually doesn't get you to the place
2: you want to be. Yeah, it's that's a funny thing. People on the left are, are desperate to bow and scrape and to fall prostrate on the floor. Well, this is one of the things they say, isn't it? The Ramoners the say... Well, you don't listen to the experts, yeah, you're yeah, an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I know. They, they're desperate to love experts, to listen to experts. Now, I, I get it. You should listen to experts, but the trouble is, Up to on the any, point. Uh, yeah. Look, the trouble is, Mike. It goes like this: on any given issue, I can get you two experts. Mm. One will say one thing, yeah. and one will say the polar opposite. Right. Which one am I supposed to believe? Exactly. So experts, as a generic concept, are not people we should have automatically listened no. to. We should be sceptical of And also of we should be, because most of them, particularly
1: in this country it seems, uh, are of a particular political persuasion. And, and if they have that political persuasion, it influences what they want to say and how they want you to
2: behave. Yeah. And so they have an end point they want to get to. Before they give the advice. Yeah. And that bloke, Neil Ferguson, the bonking boffin, yeah, yeah. you know, the one who actually organized the lockdown. Half a million of... people are going to die. But first, yeah. I'm going to get my German mistress round for a yeah. good seeing
1: yeah. to. And then I'll get her over again a couple of more times. And then um, <laughs> let's see how it goes.
2: Yeah. He, has, he didn't have a good war, <laughs> did he, Neil? Um, he really didn't. You know, He's still but going but as well. He's still up every now down again. It's this... like, shut up. This guy, <laughs> way back, he
1: has never been right no. on anything. Why would you? I mean, he's literally like the guy that went to your neighbour's house <sighs> and completely screwed up their plumbing. So you hire him to come and do yours.
2: Yeah. Why so would you? He's over at Imperial College. Right. I haven't been in those... Haven't wo- they renamed that? Those now? academic... I don't think they're allowed to call it Imperial. they tried trying it, to rename it. What is it? A faith-claimed college yes, now? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Neil, yeah. Neil Bassett's We're been down. around there. He's yeah. renamed it. He's been, he's been uh, down his knees again. But what again. is it like at that place? Is it like loads of people, Grim Reapers, and <laughs> that? Uh, 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 you're all gonna die. Yeah. You're all gonna die. That's at Imperial College that all these people just sitting there saying everyone's going to die and then they don't yeah
1: I mean and they've been saying it for a long time yeah you know for a very long time through every single pandemic I think did he not say something like uh, 5 million people were going to die due to mad cow
2: disease yeah well, Matt, that didn't, that no, well, Matt, well his, his big uh, horror in my view was uh, Tony Blair listened to him in, I think it was the early t- t- uh, noughties, uh, the uh, 2002, I think mm. it might have been, the, the foot and mouth yes. uh, scare, where we did have some foot and mouth cases on farms. Uh, uh, Neil Ferguson stepped in. So the farms where right. the, you had a couple of cows with it, you know, you had to put their herds down. Yeah, so Neil, Neil Ferguson, he said, no, no, not enough. You've got to do it for hundreds everyone. of square miles, right. and we had these grotesque, oh, I obscene yeah. piles of cows. This is also because this is when I, fire, I think, was working in Scotland,
1: and I used to go to Belfast quite a bit to see yeah. our, our chum Craig. Yeah, and and you had to step through, like at the airport, yeah. there was like a little basin with yeah. disinfectant yeah. in it, so you put your feet in it
2: on your way onto I the think plane. I, I think you I remember. Yeah. yeah, I was going.
1: What's all this crap? Yeah, yeah. how is this going to save the world?
2: Yeah, it's because it's that they're obsessed with their specialist area. And in the end, you know, which is stopping epidemics, I suppose that's a, well, that is a very good cause. But I don't don't think they've ever stopped one. And I don't think they're very good at saying what the effects of these epidemics will be. They're not very accurate. Uh, We should be very sceptical of the likes of Neil Ferguson. Uh, And uh, uh, going forward, uh, as you quite rightly said, Mike, that, uh, you know, he suddenly cropped up Again, a couple of weeks ago, government's still listening to it. Yeah, yeah. Tell him to fuck off. Oh,
1: exactly. That's a pretty good way to end. I think we've gone far enough because <laughs> it's actually we've done we've done rather well there. I think we've made this a little bit longer than we normally do. All so right. thank you, Kevin, for well, joining me. Uh, we'll be back with another one of these next week and uh, hopefully for the several next weeks to come. We might even do two next week. You never well, know. I'm, I'm almost up like for it. it. Yeah. Putting the world to rights. Putting the world to rights. What <laughs> can go wrong? Hey, eh? You might as well take our advice as that idiot Neil Ferguson. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, don't listen to Neil. <laughs> listen to us. See you later. Him and Dominic Cummings, uh, I'm not the first to say this, what they are, they're inveterate campaigners. Yeah. They're very good at campaigning. Give them an election or a referendum, they'll probably they'll win, win it because yeah. they're damn good at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they take they approach life as if they're in a constant campaign. Yeah. So any uh, idea they have about government... Uh, They view it through the prism of campaigning. What will people say about this? Who won't like it? Well, don't worry about that. Just say it, do it, and if they don't like it, fuck them. Right.
1: You see, the Welsh came out the other day, and somebody said it was all my fault, Uh, where you're not allowed to now talk loudly on the bus, you're not allowed to eat in public, you're not allowed. You know, they came up with about eight different rules, things you Uh, cannot do while on a bus in Wales. Well, first of all, bad luck if you are on a bus in Wales because it's probably one of the worst yeah. places in the world you could ever be. You've probably been waiting 13
2: hours for it to yeah. arrive. Yeah. Um,
1: but you know, we've turned into this terrible society
2: of what can only be described as complete and utter wankers. It's, that's a funny thing. People on the left are, are desperate to bow and scrape and to fall prostrate on the floor. in well, this is in one their of the things they say is that the ex- say, well, you don't listen to the experts. Yeah, You're yeah, an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I know. They, they're desperate to love experts, to listen to experts. Now, I I get it, you should listen to experts, but the trouble is, Up to on the any point. yeah, look, the trouble is Mike, it goes like this. On any given issue, I can get you two experts. Mm. One will say one thing, and one will say the polar opposite. Which one am I supposed to believe? Exactly.
1: So the great thing about (laughs) Matt is when you scratch the surface, he actually turns into this horrible scouser, you know. uh,
2: There's a few things I could tell you that he's told me in private, (laughs) but but i better not reveal it. Like, I couldn't give a damn about Brexit, something like that. Yeah, something like that.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty.